part of the profession, like it or not, that the the young, the the new teacher um, get dumped with these responsibilities and these extra adjunct duties or um, volunteer positions. fifth episode of The Middleman. It is a weekly podcast uh, focusing on education issues, specifically from the perspective of male middle school teachers. I am your slightly above average host, Brian Brown, along with my colleagues. Again, introduce yourself, gentlemen. Brad Curry. Okay. Derek Bullington. <laughs> Mikey Amaro. All right. With our combined 78 years of classroom teaching experience, our opinion is no more important than yours. <laughs> Sorry, can I do that again? I felt like I was going to the bathroom. Sure. It's ahead. Derek Bullington. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Some of our opinions, well, all of our opinions are no more important than yours. Some of them less important than yours. But we just happen to have a microphone. Uh, in this episode, we're going to opine about what advice we would give new teachers. We got an email asking about that. Uh, but before we do, we kind of want to have a little five or ten minute segment beforehand that gives each of us a unique chance to share something. Uh, the last four weeks has been about why we became teachers, and so this is going to be a new segment. Um, and we're going to go with favorite quotes. So uh, Brad this week uh, is going to tell us one of his favorite quotes, and we're really, I mean, I guess we can talk about it, but wherever it comes from, and then kind of explain why you like it so much. All right. Uh, I'm not sure it's my favorite quote but it is apropos of our talk today on advice to new teachers so uh and it can be phrased two ways here but the first one is you promote what you permit so Mm -hmm. if you allow it to happen in the class you're saying that's okay and you have to be real specific about what's good and what's not what your boundaries are because otherwise you're allowing it and that means you're okay with it the second one is sort of the same as that but say what you want or take what you get so you need to be specific and, you know, whenever something's not going right in my classroom, I pretty much could look back at myself and say, were you real clear about what you expected? Or if the first week it goes well of kids sitting in their desk right before the bell rings and then uh, they start to want to pick up their stuff and want to start gathering towards the back. And if I didn't come up with a good procedure for that, it's pretty much on me because I permitted it. So I'm promoting it. Yeah. And I... I pretty much try to live by that. And if I am very clear about my expectation of what's going to happen and a kid does it anyway, then there's a problem. we got to recorrect that. But if, uh, if I haven't said exactly what my expectations are, then I have to just expect I'm going to get all the different permutations of behavior that you could get out of a situation unless I was really clear on that. Mm-hmm. we got um, a thing called what's and how's. I remember the guy in my teaching credential program told us just to write up five ways uh, like for any kind of activity group work or whatever um five short things of what you want to have happen and five things of how you want it to happen what do you want them to do how are they going to do it and don't put negatives like don't do this but put the behavior that you want to see not like sentences just little phrases and sure enough if i ever forget to do that for an activity all of a sudden kids are banging on their neighbor, talking to people in different groups, getting up, wandering around, switching stations before I say to. But if I, you know, it's frustrating, obviously, mm-hmm. to me. But if I've written it up on the board, the people generally do what they're uh, guided to do. Yeah. And so I find that's pretty uh, pretty perfect for 
creating the classroom environment that I want is everybody knows what the expectations are. And when it doesn't happen, I look at myself and say, did you tell them what you want? Or are you just like living in a situation that you created? That's really applicable to kind of everything. I mean, I'm just thinking about uh, the, uh, you know, the things that we do as teachers that, you know, like administrators don't say anything to us about. And we are, you know, we do what we're supposed to, but we do them kind of in our own way. And, and it's generally okay, you know, but it's maybe not exactly the way that it was expected. Yeah, I was always, I think when I came into teaching, we always like call it tone setting but the same idea, like whatever I, I want to have happen, I need to express that or mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen. Maybe it'll work out the way I thought it would or maybe not. But if I don't specifically say, here's what I need you to do, here's the pathway that you're going to get to this point, to that point. But yeah, otherwise, you know, you never know what they're going to do. And you're going to get frustrated as a teacher. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you're going to get super frustrated, but you haven't expressed your, your like you said, your expectation, right? The, the goal. So That's a good quote. That's yeah. a good quote. I'll go a little, a little more pressure now. I was just going to have one. But no, I guess, oh, no. You're, this oh, oh, yeah, got yeah. it. Oh, okay. One I had one. Okay. Yeah, I just next, got psyched out right we'll there. Nice try, Mikey. Yeah, Man, I thought that got in there. <laughs> I had it ready to go. All right. Um, okay, gentlemen. So this episode is actually going to air during a fall break. We're unique in the sense that we are on a modified traditional schedule. So we get two weeks off after quarter one. Um, but, you know, the other side of that, too, is we start at the end of July. We're unique in many senses, not just that. But. Yeah, but that's one of them. And there are actually a lot of new teachers that are starting who've been on the job only a couple of weeks. So the question today is, what would you say to them? How, how, would, you, how would you help them get through the well-known idea that most new teachers quit within the first five years? So, Which that, is a crazy statistic, but it's very true. Like We see teachers true. go come in and out of our school all the time. and. If you don't get a handle on things right away, it is a very difficult job if you can't figure it out. Yeah. So what would you guys say to them? We'll just leave it open there and see where we go. Well, what I would say is actually a way to weasel in whatever <laughs> my quote that I was going to say. So I'm going to sneak that in there. Uh, the idea that, you know, and I'll, I'll finish with the quote and then I'll pass it off here, but that you need to not focus on the content. You need to let that and just just let it go and focus on being prepared in yourself, your craft of, of, of being ready to go and the relationships because you need to remember that every expert was once a beginner. Mm-hmm. And that is so important for your younger self when you're getting into the profession of teaching that you see these people who walk, talk, and they, they are experts at, your, at their craft at your sites. And you think, man, how do they how do they do that? How are they so good? And you try to measure yourself up, and you just can't do that. You have to be comfortable in your own skin that you are a beginner. And the other piece about it is letting, like we talked about this before, I think, about letting things that you may think are a big deal, let it go. Yeah. Serenity now. Yeah. Serenity now. Yeah, I remember as a new teacher, I used to see like the older teachers, who veterans, and and I would think, well, why aren't they working as hard as me? Why aren't they do- like I'm here all the time? I work. Look mm-hmm. at me. I'm so great. I work so hard. And it was because I didn't realize like they had it all figured out and they knew how to do the job really well. And it wasn't about the time spent there and having to work extra hard. It was about doing a good job. And it just takes a long time as a new teacher, as far as advice goes. It takes several years. You know, I think they say like five years or so before you really start to figure out like how to make things work. But that being said, a young teacher has to get over the imposter complex. You're seeing yourself in front of a, you know, you're maybe a, cu- a year, like a couple, six months out of college maybe, or yeah. you're, you're 
student teaching experiences were way different than you're flying the plane now. So you are the one in control. It is you. Like it, and you have the power and the ability. You can't like feel like you're a, a fake, a fraud up there. And uh, I feel like that if you kind of take your lumps and take it like a defensive driver and like look ahead at all the things that could go wrong because they are and then react to them afterwards and fix it for the next period and be flexible because things are going to change from your best laid plans all of a sudden there's going to be a rally the next period is a fire drill yeah. or yeah yeah whatever I, I think i agree with you mikey like the idea of of it's not the content but the preparation all you can do is be as prepared as possible right whatever it takes to be prepared um and then that's what you're going to present to the kids and sometimes it's going to be great and sometimes it's going to suck and then you need to learn from that so that next year when you do the same lesson you do it a little bit better I'm thinking, Derek, when you said it takes five years to become a good teacher, I just think back to the curriculum that I've been doing, which I've modified a little, and as you know, like we all do, it's become kind of my own. I mean, my eighth grade curriculum probably took me five or six years to get where I wanted. My seventh grade curriculum, this is kind of the first year I've made it my own. I don't think it's going to get where I want for another four or five years, but it takes that much time to practice it, reflect on it, practice it, reflect on it throw crap away that didn't work, pull out another different unit. Like it just takes all of that to, 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 to work it. Right. Yeah. For so sure. Giving yourself yeah. time to become the kind of teacher you want to become and not expect to become. Uh, I piggyback on that because that kind of brings up the concept of don't expect perfection. Yes. Because you have this innate pressure, whether it's because you have a temporary probationary job status but your supervisors, your peers, your mentors, they're not expecting perfection. Yeah. So you need to not expect that of yourself. In fact, if anything, you need to expect and prepare for some failure. And and if you know that you're going to have some lessons in situations that are going to flop on its face and you're ready for that, I think you're going to be able to roll with the, the punches a whole lot better. The, every, every lesson you teach could be the perfect setup for one class. And the next class is not going to work the same because the people are different. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with a different audience, just like somebody that's telling jokes or singing a song. It's going to be different. So those are kind of long-term things. One piece of advice I would give would be proximity, just straight-up classroom management. Don't sit down. Never sit down at your desk while the class is doing stuff. That's I've been teaching 28 years. I, I never, ever, ever sit down while my class is in session. I just I walk the room all day long. All the time. Before the bell rings, I get 10,000 steps. I'm just constantly moving around because your presence around the students is the biggest way to connect with them and the biggest deterrent for bad behavior and that you got to move. You can't be one of those people that is scared. or And that, that involves making your desks in a certain setup where you don't have zones that kids don't have to have your presence next to them. But that's a, a big well. So that's true because I do believe with the proximity. But so then, if we're talking about a new teacher, then it's important to also tell them to not feel obligated or pressured to have to respond to emails so quickly. And I'm not just talking from parents. I'm really talking about from peers and from staff mm-hmm. because your email will get flooded. And I'm going to imagine for anybody that's listening now or for future, if this podcast is like archived and memorialized, it's the idea that if you are walking the room, if you are an, a teacher that is very active in movements and busy and talking before class, during class, after class, 
you're going to get behind on emails and that's okay yeah. because there's so many things that people have responses, whether it's from classified support staff or other people. Hey, I, I'm sorry. The first time I might be checking my emails might not be till after lunch or my prep. And that's just reality. And that's okay. I got an email from uh, uh, one of our former district employees who's in another district um, when I sent one to her and her response was, I prioritize time with my students during the day. So I do not respond to emails during the school day and I'll get back to you. Like an school. auto reply. Like yeah. an auto reply. And I'm like, wow, that was, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, I tell my families I'm going to respond <clears> in the morning before <throat> school starts, but in essence, that's, that's my philosophy too. That's kind of how it works for me. Just cause I don't, I, I don't, in PE, yeah, there's no computer in front of me and, and right. woodshop too. I generally, it's very rare that I respond to anyone during the daytime. Right. We have a weird job too of interaction with so many people. Uh, where you're going to have the same interaction the day after and the day after and you're dealing with kids and parents and sometimes parents that are upset so like i always think that you definitely when you are teaching i think of it as like i'm playing the role of mr curry when i come home you know i'm brad when i'm in my classroom i'm mr curry and if a kid says you know fuck you man they might get on the playground they'd do that in my classroom but yeah whatever (laughs) behaviors i'm getting i'm getting of somebody reacting to a teacher, you know, which could be like somebody that they really respect and want to tell about what happened on the weekend, or it could be a kid on the playground that's like sticking it to the man, looking good in front of their friends. Whatever it is, like I'm playing the role of Mr. Curry, and whatever they say doesn't touch me. So don't take it personally if if you're in an interaction with yeah. a parent that's coming at you and questioning who you are and using against you the fact that you're a new teacher or whatever they're doing. They're talking to a teacher. They're not. Yeah. touching you the individual or and you have to just well, it's not well if you want to find it it's not hard to find i mean if you in a younger version yourself can definitely if you're having pride or ego or you're not going to get me like if you go looking for that and you see that a lot of times with maybe a, a guest teacher substitute where that might irritate them you just like you said you have to deflect it you have to have yeah. a shield and just know that that's not even them they're performing also they don't have the power they don't have the power to no. get a rise out of you no yeah that's a you can't take the bait whatever kid does just like okay and maybe send them outside or maybe whatever but just if if you let them get a rise out of you like they if you let them make you yell to get control of the class get ready to yell for the rest of the year right, to get them back it. yeah you lost it you have to be quiet and like let it get real uncomfortably quiet instead of uncomfortably loud. Yeah. Yeah. That I definitely learned that gets that tuning. teaching. There were a couple of classes where I was literally screaming at it because I could not get control of the class and I never did. I never was going to. Right. So was, I'm glad I learned it before I actually got into the job. Yeah. I think another big one for new teachers is that they should reach out to the people around them and not be afraid to ask for help. I think a lot mm-hmm. of times you're insecure. You don't, you're like, I don't want them to, you know, know that I don't know these things or whatever it is, but um, most teachers are teachers, not just to kids, but in general, that's like their personality. And so they're more than happy to teach you what you need to know and help you out, give you advice. A lot of times as a teacher, you know, something that maybe I've done it, you know, 20 times and it's really easy for me to figure out and explain to you, whereas you might have to spend, you know, a full, you know, five hours trying to figure it out and learn the lesson and figure out how to teach it to the kids. It's like, well, here's a quick and easy way to do it. And then that saves you time, but also just, you know, reaching out and building those relationships with your peers too helps. You gotta pick the right people too, though. I mean, with all due respect, there are some teachers out there who, you know, just don't, are not interested in helping. They're doing their own thing. Don't, don't force a relationship with them. Find the people that, that want, that want to help you. 
you know, whether it's at your site or a different site, I just know that, you know, I just, yeah. That's I, great advice though. To, like I was a person that probably out of insecurity, I did not take a lot of advice my first couple years. Out of when we had the, just starting at Byron, there was a total turnover of teachers. So there was almost no teacher that had experience at that school. We were all first year teachers. And we like muddled in a teaching seventh grade and eighth grade English and history. So like six different preps I was teaching. So it was a tough year or two getting started. And by the time I had my feet under me, if somebody had advice, I was thinking in my head, well, I know how to do it. I just too stubborn or too whatever. Mm-hmm. When really so many people have good ideas. The next advice I would give to teachers new, 403B account. Get your retirement started on your first couple months of getting a paycheck. Supplemental retirement. Supplemental retirement. Right. You get one for your from your district, but set yourself up with an additional retirement account. I got advice to do that right from my principal right when I started, and it's crazy how that stuff will accrue. If you're not even putting that much money, but if you're working a full career at it, uh, every time you get a raise, incrementally put a little bit in there, pay yourself first, and with you know time and <clears throat> compounding interest yeah. explore the Roth IRA too that's what I would also say so I, one I was thinking of right here is a word and it's so simple of this word and this word is to help maintain sanity and to try to help prevent burnout and it's so hard not to say this word especially when you're a new teacher but here's the word no repeat after me no and that no needs to be able to be used not only to parents when needed to create and form boundaries of what your time is that is you know precious to you and your family or and if you're single and you don't have a family that's okay but you need to have boundaries to say no this is not right or no i'm not available but this also goes no to colleagues at times not as in that you know everything but as in the pressure to get involved into committees and whether that might be implied or not from supervisors it is part of the profession, like it or not, that the the young, the the new teacher um, get dumped with these responsibilities and these extra adjunct duties or mm-hmm. um, volunteer positions when you already Voluntold, have the yes, voted yeah. right. And so, repeat after me and think about this. It's okay to say no. It's hard, though, to be honest. It, yeah, it's okay to say no, but it's hard when you're trying to establish yourself yes. as a teacher to, to not want to put yourself out there for things. But you're also putting in a lot of extra time with your curriculum, trying to understand mm-hmm. your classes, learning how to manage them. And then you have a variety of committees, or maybe you're coaching sports, or maybe you're in charge of promotion, or whatever. Like, they, it does get dumped on you. Be measured in what you. I guess maybe it's a no, but it's a be measured in what you say yes. Keep to. keep inventory. Yeah. Know in your heart of what you're getting involved in, but everything that's offered to you, or you're trying to make a name for yourself, you're playing the long game. Right. You're not. You're not trying to get everything done. Out. Absolutely. Yeah, you're to notice some things. And you're Correct. not saying never to everything. I, I'm right. saying oh, right. that the yeah. word no needs uh-huh. to be available. Well, I'm not saying no to everything because you're not going to have a job if you said no to everything. Once you start accepting things, they'll yes. see you as a person willing well, to help. And then, and then you get asked more. And so if you, you don't say no, spot. Yeah. it goes both ways because you're mm-hmm. also going to be somebody who, who is a yes man you're going to get taken advantage of. That's what, yeah. Right. Yeah, and you want to make yourself valuable as a new employee, especially definitely, when your yeah. job is not as secure as mm-hmm. maybe someone who's been there a while. But right. there's definitely a need to say, hey, you know, 
Uh, thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate that you think I would be a great coach for that sport, but maybe come hit me up next year. Right, right now, I got to go trim my toenails. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got yep. one piece of advice. This is uh, something I would offer, um, and that is this. Remember that kid. this is what I was thinking. Uh, kids are people first and their students second. So how are you supposed to treat people, right? I just think about, um, you know, either yelling at kids, I know there's an authority thing here that we have over students, but ultimately I wanna start off by treating them as people and I try to treat people well. You know, there are times where that conversation is confrontational and it's uncomfortable, but I would do that with any adult too if I needed to. Um, and then there are times where it's congenial and like we're laughing and joking and you know, I want them to know that I care about them. I mean, on the last podcast, you heard the story of Mr. Boylan. That comes very much into into how I treat students and um, try to manage that relationship. So that, that goes hand in hand because I think it needs to be thought of that you're number one. And if there's more than number one, there's more than just a single. Your most difficult challenge students need to become your best friends. I don't mean outside of school inappropriately. What I mean is that it needs to become your goal to get to know who they are. You need to figure out what their interests are. You need to find connections because that adversary, that kid that you think is an a-hole who is just, you thought was born to make your life a living hell. If you make a connection with them and you have a relationship, the whole dynamics in the classroom will be extremely better for the good of going forward yeah. and even if you never make that connection happen like in a positive way if you never take the bait and make it personal mm-hmm. and you never let that kid think because another thing like term that we got when i was getting my credential was unconditional positive regard like you make every kid feel like you're glad to see them and you make yourself feel that too genuinely that hey i'm glad you're here today no matter who they are no matter what it is no matter what the kid said to you yesterday or anything else I'm glad you're here today. And you start with that, things are going to probably go pretty well. Even if the kid's like hates you or whatever, if you if you take the bait and get sarcastic in a dark way or you like make a, I don't know, we've all gotten to that thing where you're like, the kid just gets on your nerves and it turns into a, a thing where every day, I mean, that was a mistake I made early on a couple times of, then you're like in a cage match of 182 days of bad attitude for yeah. a couple, you know. Yeah, it's a long, it's, it's a, a long lose. grind. You I do lose. my best. Like, I, I don't know how you guys are, mm-hmm. but I, I try to greet my students at the door every day. I say good morning. You beat me too, I was going to say. I say good morning, yep. even if they send nothing back. And then, you know, sometimes I'm like, I think I say good morning, you know, and, and then I'll get something. But when I hear of those kids that are coming to my class that have been challenging in years before, sometime in the first two or three days I will pull them aside or I'll hold them back at the door you know and let's pretend like his name is Bob and just using a random name I'll hold Bob back at the door and after everyone's in I'll go hey Bob dude I'm just I'm really glad you're in my class just want you to know that come on in like I try to start off with him knowing that I'm glad that he's there talk about you know I try to talk constantly or at least in the beginning about I don't care what you've been like before you get to be who you want you get to be new this year with me Mm -hmm. I don't know what your life is like before I don't know what kind of student you were before you get to start afresh with me you know I um, maybe that's some advice for a new teacher is to just you're gonna have teachers from younger and from from earlier grades tell you these kids are awful you need to ignore them form your own opinion build your relationship with them 
and let it become what it becomes. Like, I, I don't want to listen to people telling. I've me. also yeah, it's that same thing like you said talking to them. There's some kids who I don't say they're holding a grudge, but I think for kids especially, it's hard to forget what happened the day before with the teacher. And so there's definitely times where I you know pull a kid aside and say, hey, I know we had a run in yesterday. Uh, but I just want you to know that was yesterday. Today's a new day. You know, we start yeah. every day with a clean slate. And sometimes just having that actual put out there very clearly to them, they're like, okay. So they're not thinking like you're like, oh, geez, that teacher, now they, you know, we have this problem. And that's in their head too. And just let them know like, hey, it's, you know, we, yesterday was yesterday that, you know, the sun is set. It's a new day. So let's move forward yeah, bro, we're good. and forget about that. You know, middle school kids can be really all over the place too. Sometimes you have like a, Big interaction, kid blows up or something. They got somebody. The next day, you're like, okay, here we go. I'm gonna have to f- deal with this situation today. And they're hey, Mr. what's up? And they, yeah. like, wait, what? So true. It's so it's, true. They're already over it. Yeah, you're like, what just <laughs> happened? Like, totally now we're best it. friends, but yeah, that's your so uh, your piece about greeting is something I strongly believe in. That that beginning of that period of that day, depending on how often you see your kids, whatever grade level you're teaching at, you know, you have to remember that we we could have chosen any profession. We're a profession that is a public figure. We are, in essence, performing for our students. We want them to be there. Mm -hmm. And your body language, what you show with your facial expressions carries a lot of weight with your kids. And it could just be that very beginning, smiling, eye contact, commenting on a new outfit, brand new shoes. Hey, you got a haircut? They beam with excitement when you notice that. And the idea that when you were walking around campus and you're in your classroom, no matter how much of a piece of shit you feel like that day or you're uncomfortable or maybe you were having too much of a long parent conference at the bowling alley, it doesn't matter (laughs) because you have to realize that when you were there in any walk of life, if you were in a professional uh, job in the business world and you weren't dealing with people, yeah, you you could be, you know, in a very angry um, attire and your body language. But when you are a teacher, I am a firm believer that you put all of that aside, you leave that behind, and you put on the level of professionalism of smiling even if you feel like crap. Yeah. And it makes and, a huge and difference. Then like, besides like the positive greeting at the mm-hmm. door, I think uh, advice to teachers is have some genuine routine. It doesn't matter what it is, but start class in a the same way, very consistent, so they know what to do. Like that transition from outside, especially if you got kids coming in from after lunch, they know the routine of come in like greet you at the door go over the agenda take out your planner whatever it is do things in a consistent fashion so kids make that transition into your class i feel like that's a yeah i think that's good too i i think um the greeting at the door i've actually had kids at the end of the year mention to me you always greet us at the door like they recognize that i mean what one of the things that I do, I'm not necessarily suggesting new teachers that you do this, but you might consider, I think it's a bit unique, um, is at the end of every quarter, I set aside some time and I have a conversation with the class about how the quarter went. Um, I ask them for their feedback on the curriculum. You know, and In fact, the little speech that I give them is, you know, there's a lot of things that I do up here and one of the things that I do is I'm a salesman. You know, what do I sell? And they say, eventually they come up with education. I said, that's right, I sell education. Every single day you walk in here, I'm trying to get you to buy what I'm selling. And some days you're willing to buy it, and some days you got your arms folded and you're not interested. But every good salesperson will tell you that the way you sell is you get to know your client and your customer. And I said, you guys are my customer. So tell me what we did this quarter that was interesting and engaging to you and you liked, and I get a list. And what ways can I improve? It's very... um, 
vulnerable with the students, but when you tell them that, look, you're not gonna hurt my feelings, actually you might hurt my feelings, but that's okay, because I'm, I'm opening it up to you. I've gotten some really good feedback. I had a girl one year, um, I do a unit on Animal Farm, and uh, it was the first year I had done it, she raised her hand in the back, you know, after I asked that question, and she goes, Mr. Brown, I hated everything about this unit. And I was like, ow, okay, why? And she went through and explained how the, she didn't like the quizzes, and she didn't like the way we did it, and we didn't really get a chance to talk about anything. And I was like, that's the feedback I need to hear. So I redid the whole unit the next year, and I'm much happier with it, you know? So, I don't know, I'm not saying you should do that, but I find it to be beneficial every year. Every quarter, actually. Taking notes, too, like you said, like you're the next year, as soon as you start the next unit, it's hard to remember the ins and outs of how each lesson went. Mm-hmm. But taking little notes of, all right, next time this thing, it didn't take as long as I thought it would, or next time make these, ing- whatever your little notes to yourself, write them down in the moment so that you uh, have them for the next time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think along with the Mike, you mentioned, too, there about, putting on a smile, letting them know who you are. I think sometimes also letting them know if you're not having a great day, I think is helpful as well. There's been times where something's happened. I'm not in a great mood. I'm not very tolerant of misbehavior or whatever, where I might be on another day. And I let them know, you know, hey, just so you know today, like I'm not in the greatest mood right now. You know, my cat got hit by a car or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling it. So if you guys can tone it down today so we can get through the period and everyone can leave here happy, that would be really great. Um, or like I'm feeling sick or whatever. I think they're really receptive to that and be like, oh yeah, this is like another human being. And so or I think I would, they're, they or listen to that. last period was really <clears throat> frustrating me and I'm trying to calm down. And I'm, I, so I just need some breather. So if I say something, it's not you. Just to let you know, like yeah. that kind of stuff too. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think being real with them helps for yeah. sure. And even if it's not like you're having a bad day, if you're just being self-deprecating in a way, describing some way that you screwed up or you're human in some way, yeah, I, they love stories of absolutely yeah (laughs) i guess at the end of the day if i'll put a cap on the conversation a little bit at the end of the day as a new teacher give yourself some slack right just do your best plan your best learn through the process like brad said take some notes and you know each year you come back you do the same thing um, and try to make it a little bit better and you know ultimately you'll get where you want to be yeah and make sure outside of that you have something to do too outside of school where you're not focused on that like once you step out of the classroom at the end of the day you know find something that you like to do that's for you to take care of yourself absolutely helps a lot absolutely all right guys well hey thanks for the conversation uh today hopefully in some way this was interesting or insightful to you new teachers out there uh or anyone else who happens to be listening uh we really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast um we would love for you to follow us subscribe share let people know what we're doing here. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you're welcome to do so. Still working on our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at MidMenPod. You're also welcome to email us, MidMenPod at Gmail. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to offer suggestions. we got some new, a new thing coming in a week or so, maybe two, maybe three. I'm not exactly sure when. Uh, you guys don't even know what the thing is. It's a surprise to the other guys so as well. Exciting. So exciting. So exciting. Uh, but we'll get that out to you as uh, soon. All right. Hey, shout out to Hannah Burns. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck, Hannah Burns. Thanks for the idea. All right.